Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Patch Adams to my Alan Parrish, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Still recovering. I'm so sad about the Robin Williams news. I, I know, like, people are going to hear this on Thursday and Friday, and it's kind of like it's been a couple of days old. But I'm I'm so bummed out. Uh, do you have a favorite Robin Williams uh, role or movie or, or something like that? Well, uh, I don't think I'm, I'm I'm. It's hard for me to play favorites. I what I will say is that I was surprised to learn uh, when I wrote something about him for online that he had won five Grammy awards. Uh, which is more Grammy awards than a lot of recording, you know, normal yes. recording artists have actually won. Um, and I, I, I um, would say that some of those Grammy awards dovetail into some of his greatest performances. He won actually a Grammy for the Good Morning Vietnam soundtrack, strangely enough, um, yeah. because the soundtrack was basically a bunch of old hits that you heard in the movie, but in the movie he played a military DJ and snippets of his performance from the movie were interspersed throughout the soundtrack and then that soundtrack was submitted for best comedy recording and it won him a grammy award so uh interesting tidbit about robin williams that you didn't ask for but i just thought i'd share yeah absolutely and and keith and i actually worked on uh, keith more so than me but he we worked on a uh, robin williams 10 greatest musical moments which is up now on bilber.com check that out uh r.i.p to robin williams but uh, again keith we have a packed show we're going to talk about new album debuts uh a surprising number one on the albums chart ha, uh, the hot 100 magic is still humming along but we have a bunch of new songs to watch uh, including um jeremiah and echo smith and a new one from katie perry we're going to talk about all the songs that you need to familiarize yourself with because they could be in the top 20 in the top 10 in no time and then we have an interview with the one and only Megan Trainer, someone again you need to familiarize yourself with, because all about that bass is not only in the top ten now; it is in the top five. She stopped by to talk about the uh, immense success of that song and and what it means for her and what the message that she's trying to convey should mean to everyone. So, so Keith, uh, are you ready to hit the ground running? Yes. All right. Let's. So, you mentioned the the Good Morning Vietnam soundtrack. Another soundtrack is number one on the Billboard 200 uh, albums chart this week. Guardians of the Galaxy, surprising number one. It actually rises to number one. Keith, you wrote about this earlier today and and yesterday. 
What? Uh, so, so what's going on with this this soundtrack? It, it was in the top five last week, and now it's number one. Well, it's it's number one, Jason. Um, yeah, it's well, it's it's surprising, but not that surprising. We actually predicted it last week um, because the soundtrack um, uh, forecasters were saying that it was probably going to be number one. It was a slight race for number one at the, at the time with the now fifty one compilation that came out. But Guardians clearly sold well more than the now fifty one album. So Guardians of the Galaxy sold 109,000 copies in the week ending August 10th. Um, that was actually up 83% compared to the previous week when it debuted at number three with about 60,000 copies. Um, the, the, the soundtrack is just super red hot, um, and it's actually the second soundtrack to top the chart this year following the blockbuster Frozen soundtrack. So there you go. So what is the, the last um, album that did not debut at number one? To rise to number one because that's not that's that's pretty uncommon. Yeah, that that doesn't happen very often. Usually, what happens is if if you have a number one album, <laughs> uh, you generally have that number one al- number one album because you debuted at number one. Um, it's much more rare for an album to actually rise to the top. Um, this year, we've actually seen um, most of our albums that were number one albums debut at number one. The, the last album to climb to number one was Frozen, which we just talked about. Yep. Um, so not that exciting um, because, <laughs> because we just talked about it. But yeah, Frozen um, back on the July 18th dated, no, July 18th, January 18th dated chart uh, jumped to number one after debuting outside the top 10. It climbed to number one and then it's not left the top 10 ever since. So we, we talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack last week when... It debuted on the album's chart uh, in terms of its importance to the movie. The main character receives a mixtape and has all these songs that mean a lot to him. I, I still haven't seen the movie, but I, I but I'm, I'm aware of what's going on in terms of having this kind of cultural artifact with this soundtrack. It, it's it's surprising to me that in 2014, when you can basically download any song that you want uh, individually. Uh, a soundtrack entirely composed of previously released songs is number one right now. Do you think it's just people see the movie, they like the music, and and they're saying, "Hey, look at that! It's it's at Target. Let me pick it up." I think I think because you have not seen the movie, I'm not sure if anyone has actually stressed to you the importance of the movie, the music in the movie, um, and the actual- oh yeah, no, I'm 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 aware of the uh, like we talked about it last week in terms of the plot and. And I, it, it's a huge plot point. I, I have, I have, I have since seen the film. Okay. When we did okay. the podcast a week ago, I was talking about it based upon knowledge that was given to me. Then I saw the movie and realized mm. that it wasn't actually described to me in a really, really, truly compelling. No, no, please take my word for it. This is actually a character in the film. So we talk about oh, the music in Twilight is a character. Ooh, in the Hunger Games. No, no, really. In Guardians of the Galaxy, the tape itself is literally a plot point. It moves the story forward. It it is the it, it causes things to happen. Um, the music is you hear eleven of the twelve songs on the soundtrack throughout the movie. Wow. Um, and if you don't get weepy, at least in one of the songs that you hear, you may not have a heart. So, yeah, weepy a little bit. Isn't this the movie with the talking raccoon and he's firing space blasters but, and but whatnot? Man, that raccoon when his eyes get all like watery. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh man, he 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 can bring out emotion in you that you didn't realize you had. 
I know. I, w- I want to see the movie. I spent all my money on Step Up All In Ugh. this week. You and your Step Up fascination. I know. I know. I wrote something on Billboard.com. If anyone is interested, it is called In Defense of the Step Up Movies. Check that out. But is it, also is anyone out- attacking them? Is anyone attacking them? Is any Does anyone care that much about them to for you to write a story in defense of them? Hey, man, I care that much about them. Um, but more importantly, check out Keith's uh billboard 200 chart column this week on billboard.com before you move on yeah i want to say this was in the story but for those of you who haven't actually read the story about guardians of the galaxy that i wrote this week about it hitting number one this is the first all oldies soundtrack of completely completely previously released music to be number one on the billboard 200 chart uh which is pretty amazing um so you know soundtracks that you know they've there's been things like wayne's world which is you know like kind of mostly oldies or dirty dancing which was kind of like half oldies those were number one but they weren't all old stuff this is the first time that an all old album (laughs) has has been number one which is pretty incredible we could talk more about this but i think we might eat up the entire podcast if we did you know what it reminds me of and i i don't think this went number one but in like 2002 2003 um, the, do you remember the movie Undercover Brother with Eddie Griffin and Dave and, Chappelle? And what was it like? Uh, White She Devil. Yeah, and White She Devil. Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Was like a, uh, it was kind of like a black exploitation spoof, but yeah. that had a great soundtrack, and it was, it was just all like disco and funk jams. Yeah, and they were all previously the, released. The Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy album, and and here's here's the reason why it's selling. Aside from the fact that the, the music itself is a character in the film, but it's also because. You have two. You have different. You have different demographics seeing this film. You have older folks, you know, uh, older generations who remember these songs the first time they were out because these are all old, like seventies songs yeah. for the most part. But probably don't own the songs and probably haven't actually listened to them in a while because some of them are kind of obscure. A lot of them are like from relatively not huge artists, but they're they're songs that you remember. And go, oh man, I remember that song, but you probably don't own it, and then. Right. On the other side of that are is, is a whole new audience, a whole new younger audience of folks who have probably never heard these songs before, and they are very fresh to them. So therefore, when you go and you look for these songs, you feel like, I should, you know what? I should just get all these songs. I should just buy the whole album. It's only $9. It's 12 songs. It's cheaper than buying them individually. And also, you feel an emotional connection to the soundtrack itself and to the soundtrack as a character in the movie. So all those things combined make you want to buy the album. You feel like a guardian of the galaxy. If if this if this album was actually released on cassette tape, they could have made bank. Wow! I'm telling you, because people put out cassettes now. They should have put that. They should have put that, this out on cassette. <laughs> I bet you, when it comes out on DVD, they'll have a special cassette edition of the cool. album. I gotta I gotta catch. I'm gonna that. call up right. the label now. So Keith, we gotta move on um, to other album debuts. So I just just to quickly, I I'd love to talk more about these, but we gotta move on from these. Even um, in the top ten this week, we have uh, a new now compilation. Uh, Godsmack is back. Uh, Spoon, They Want My Soul is in the top five at number four. And The Vamps, uh, their debut EP, at least in the U.S., is at number 10. So are, are any of these surprising uh, in terms of their success? Or are any of them disappointing? Just um, let, Let's just quickly recap them. Well, Godsmack's a little disappointing because their last three albums all debuted at number one. So this okay. is obviously going to be a disappointment. But, you know, uh, everyone has the ebbs and flows in their career. Um, the Now 51 album did about as well as a Now compilation is supposed to do. It just got beat out by Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah. I think Spoon is probably doing about as well as, I think, the kind of band that Spoon is 
should be doing. Um, yep. So they're probably doing just fine. Um, the Vamps is kind of interesting. They're a new UK um, pop group. Um, they have this EP that they've used in number 10. They're kind of in the mold of, I don't know, uh, sort of, they're, they're not quite like Five Seconds of Summer, but they're not that far away from Five Seconds of Summer, I don't think. Um, have you, have well, they you, were on, They, I mean, hey, they were on the podcast. They're friends of the podcast. They were on a couple months ago. Remind me, uh, sonically, what, what you what you think that they sound like. Are they closer to... They're closer to Five Seconds of Summer. Okay. I mean, they their they're big single is Somebody to You, and it features Demi Lovato. Uh-huh. Um, they, you know, they're like Five Seconds of Summer, where they're all, you know, young, good-looking dudes, but they all play their own instruments, so... They're in kind of that vein. They all have good skin and can play an instrument. Let's get them into this group. Um, but it's actually the fifth EP to debut in the top 10 this year. We've had five EPs debut in the top 10. A year ago at this point, we had zero EPs debut in the top 10. I'm, yeah. on, I'm on this EP tangent recently, but EPs, man, they're making the comeback, I tell you. It, may, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense because you see more and more artists, and we're going to talk about some of these artists, uh, smaller artists with big hits, and... You know, labels want to get something out there. Maybe not a full album is ready to go yet, but if you know, like someone like Shawn Mendes, you have this explosion where uh, his debut single is a top forty hit and sells over a hundred thousand downloads in one crack, and they're like, "Hey, let's let's put something out now. Let's put an EP out." And there you go, the EP debuts in the top ten. Yeah. Yep. Um. So all, cool. So that's all I got. Uh, that's all I got. Okay. So let's move over to the Hot One Hundred Magic. Uh. Rude is still number one, fifth week. Uh, we have a new top 10 edition. Uh, boom clap. Charlie XCX finally moves into the top 10. Congratulations to Charlie XCX, uh, who had featured spots on previous top 10 hits. Uh, I love it by Icona Pop and obviously Fancy by Iggy Zalia. But this is, um, this is, this key, this is kept, this has kept growing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And now it's finally in the top 10. Pretty cool, Keith. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it it had been it, its progression up the chart in the past few weeks. It went 2016, 14, 13, 11. Yeah. Like, come on, you can do it, Charlie. You can get your own top 10 and stop being featured artist <laughs> top 10 people. So also in the uh, the top 20 this week, Nicki Minaj, Anaconda debuts at number 19. And, you know, this is this is, uh, I believe, even better than what Pills and Potions started with. Right. Uh, I, yeah. I'm putting I'll, you on the spot on that no, one. No, no, but. It's cool. I've got the power of, you know, our chart archives in front of me. Uh, so I can quickly type power and search. The, the power of the charts. Pills and Potions debuted at 47, peaked yeah. at number 24. Um, okay. Anaconda's already off to a better start. Um, you get the feeling this is going to be a bigger hit, and she's going to perform it on the VMAs in a, in a week or two. So this is clearly being set up as the the single. Yeah, which is a, a, a little bit surprising to me. I... I, I like the song. I, I think it's a little bit of a novelty, just with the the whole super mix a lot thing, and and you know the the cover art, and I, I I was surprised that this song is taking off like it did a little bit. And do you, do you think this song has staying power, Keith? I yeah I, I I'm I'm with you on the novelty angle. Yeah. Because, but I mean, I think I think it's more it's more of just sort of a pop culture moment because she was able to spin the cover art into a conversation about sort of big booty and like, yes. you know, what's acceptable in imagery between, you know, black women and white women and 
racing imagery in general. And then you combine it with a sample, like a really heavy sample of Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Um, and it, it, it all kind of, kind of comes together into a moment. I don't know if that moment is going to extend for more than a couple of weeks and is this going to really be a radio hit because it's a fairly dirty song. Um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. But I have the feeling for right now, it kind of seems like it's like a novelty pop culture moment, but I could we could be both very, very wrong in a month from now. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I mean, like you mentioned, Pills and Potions became, was a top 40 hit. It, it was, I think you said, number 24 at peaks, yep. but and uh, it, it never really quite caught on like a Starships or a Super Bass and obviously a slower song. Uh, Anaconda is a little bit more up-tempo, but like you said, a little bit harder to pin down with the, the sample and the explicit lyrics. So um, It's very yeah, listenable, it's, though. It's incredibly like you, you want to listen to it because it's so it's so catchy, but I'm trying to figure out, is the catchiness just because it's the sample that I'm feeling or is it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting because there's so much going on with Nicki Minaj you uh, I, like we mentioned last week anaconda followed uh, the release of the flawless remix with beyonce and then uh bang bang obviously with jesse J and ariana grande um so there's a lot going on it'll be interesting to see if anaconda is that is kind of that one focus point for radio at least um yeah. go ahead now i was gonna say so, you know sometimes with artists in general it's kind of like the you know shoot everything you got and see what sticks um you know like you know does this song work no all right what about this one yeah oh wait some people care about that one let's make (laughs) this the single and we've seen lots of artists in the past you know uh nikki i'm sure is included where you put out something that is considered a street single or a buzz single and if it if it catches on then it becomes the single well pills and potions was supposed to be the single it didn't quite work now we're moved on to Anaconda. And if Anaconda works, then it will be the next single. It's just, you know, do what do what works. And Anaconda's working right now. Yeah, I mean, it, that was the whole story of her first album, Pink Friday. You had all of these, these songs come out, like Moment for Life and Your Love. And they were all supposed to be like the impact single. But then I think like five or six down the line, Super Bass. Uh, a bonus track on a yeah, deluxe bonus edition. Track. Uh, that was the one that broke her and and it kind of happened again last on on the last album because uh, she put out that song stupid ho uh, which I have a I have a big soft spot for stupid ho that that song is is really fun uh, but it's def- it's definitely not like a, a single uh, like a, a big radio smash and then uh, um, you know I think a single or two later starships took off so okay so Keith so what I want to do right now and um, what we've talked about for this show. So a, a couple months ago, we did this thing called Hot 100 Songs to Watch. Um, that is the official, unofficial title, but I'm calling it Hot 100 Songs to Watch. And these are songs that, you know, aren't in the top 20 yet. They're, they're, they might be in the top 40. They're kind of inching their way along upward. And we think you should pay attention to these songs because they keep growing and growing. Last time, I, I think we did this in like April or May I think it was. I think it was might might have been early May. And we where were, we were so like, smart. We were so good. Hey man, here's what I remember. I remember us saying, uh, "Fancy" by Iggy Azalea. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, MKTO classic. Disclosure. Latch. Uh, Naughty boy. La la la. Um, and Nico and Vins. Am I wrong? And we were like, "Hey guys, these songs aren't in in the top ten yet." But keep an eye on them because they might blow up. So a lot of them did, and and you know, not not to pat ourselves on the back, but I I want to do that again, and and because 
there are a, a bunch of songs slowly creeping up the Hot 100. Maybe they're not, you know, magic, rude, Iggy Azalea, fancy level yet, but they might get there someday. So let's start. Uh, I think we have six songs to talk about. Keith, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> and this is going to be a perfect segue into Megan Trainer because she all about that bass was exactly a song like this where it's like oh it's it's in the sixties but it it jumped twenty spots so pay attention to it so um, the one I want to start with is uh, and we're going to work backwards uh, highest on the chart to lowest on the chart Jeremiah featuring YG don't tell him uh, this week on the Hot 100 it rises thirty to twenty six so it's it's been in the top forty. And Jeremiah, who was on the the Juice podcast a couple weeks ago with Erica Ramirez, check that out on Billboard.com. Uh, R&B kind of pop survivor, and you know he he had a hit with Down on Me with with Fifty Cent. That was a top five hit. Don't forget the birthday sex song. Do do ne- never forget never birthday forget sex birthday sex. <laughs> um, but I've been hearing this song more and more on radio. It, it interpolates snaps. Rhythm as a dancer, which you know, I'm sure you can appreciate. You can feel it everywhere. <laughs> you can feel it everywhere, and you can hear the song everywhere. It mm-hmm. just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Uh, what do you think about this song, Keith? Do you do you think this is you know inevitable top twenty hit? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a top ten hit on the R and B hip hop songs chart already, so it already has R and B hip hop down. I think it's the challenge will be to make sure that it gets a lot of um, sort of crossover appeal. And the the song is catchy, and it has like a fun sort of reference to rhythm as a dancer. Um, I think it's it's not it's not exactly breaking the mold when it comes to sort of like you know pop songwriting. <laughs> um, sorry, um, sure. I, I think, no, no. I, but it's it's perfectly catchy, and I think it's like you know sort of a fun like dance track. Um, and it, and it's and it's kind of you know has a little bit of an edge when it comes to sort of the. Um, sexiness of it so to speak the the raciness of it the raciness the raciness oh those racy kids these days Um, yeah but yeah but yeah this this song has has you know uh, again slowly but surely um i'm not seeing the chart in front of me but i i feel like it's been on the hot 100 for weeks on end and it keeps going up and and you know you keep jeremiah is is one of those artists that you you think is like a fringe R&B artist, but then you look at, you know, he's had some major hits on his hands. I think, and- I think you're allowed to say that he is a core R&B artist with a couple fluke crossover, you know, pop hits. And this is also the seventh week for the song on the chart. It's gone 89, 78, 71, 58, 40, 30, 26. So clearly yeah. it's going to be a bigger hit as it continues to move up the chart. Very cool. So one that is, uh, another one, uh, creeping up the hot 100 now in the top 40 just cracked the the top 40 last week uh habits stay high by tovlo uh 11 weeks on the chart so so longer than don't tell them uh and it's still inching up um so keith you just watched this music video for the first time oh man call me out on it jesus <laughs> i'm not saying you didn't hear the song before but you've never seen you also video haven't and- seen guardians of the galaxy so there Wow, I wasn't even blowing up your spot, man. What's going on? I'm just saying you haven't seen the video before. I've only seen it once. I, I mean, I, I don't think it, I don't think anyone on Twitter is going to be like, Keith. Keith is just seeing the Tovlo video. All now. right, all right, we'll move on. Um, what do what do you think of this? This is Swedish song, singer songwriter. Uh, she's friends with Icona Papa. This song is obviously a little bit darker than I love it. Yeah, I, well, I, the, I think the video. Well, the 
she has a really sort of unusual voice. Um, I think that works in general. It's it's sort of the the voice cuts through, and I think the 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 sadness of the song because the the song itself is all about staying high to sort of numb yeah. yourself from the pain of everything else. When I started watching the video, it made me immediately think of Prodigy's "Smack My Bitch Up." Yes, because <laughs> yeah, cause that's the, a good call. Because the way the camera is is on the main character, it follows the 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 singer uh, throughout the video, um, and it just sort of degenerates into a lot of just sort of you know drunken uh, drunken bad choices. And, um, debauchery, debauchery. Well, yeah, I guess I was just there's a as I commented, there was just a whole lot of kissing and close ups of lips. Um, that just was just not a good, not a good thing. But that's the whole idea sure. behind the video. Like you're not supposed to feel comfortable with this. This is supposed to be like a bad scene. And um, the video is certainly compelling, and the song is is good. Um, and and that's I think that's one of the reasons why it's working is because people are discovering her and her unique voice and sort of the poignancy of the song in the video. Yeah, I mean, it's it's only up two spots this week to 38, but it's been, you know, slowly rising uh, week after week. So another one to keep an eye on. Um, so, Keith, this, this is the one that I've, I've heard this song before, but I'm the least familiar with Echo Smith. Uh, cool Kids is up 50 to 43 on the Hot 100, the song. Uh, another one that, that has risen week after week. So this is a California group. And I mean, what what do you think about this song? This song is like, it's super catchy to me. I, I just don't know where it, it sprung up from. Uh, it it's surprising that it's it's already, you know, gr- almost in the top forty. Yeah, the the song has evidently been around for a while now. The song is is I think it's it's at least a year old. I want to say. Um, I mean, when I, when I watched the video. I watched the video earlier today. Fine, um, <laughs> but as you know, but but clearly these songs are songs that are that are moving up the chart that we're also getting attuned to. There's a lot of music out there; it's hard to keep up. Yes, um, but the song I think is a year old. The video I think is a year old on YouTube, and there it's a group. I think they're from Toluca Lake um, in Los Angeles. It's sort of a neighborhood in in LA, um, and they they kind of um, they, the video itself is kind of like this sort of like hazy sort of like sunsetty view of of if you were sort of a uh, uh, um, if you're trying to describe the look of the band they're kind of like sort of like Coachella attendees seen through like a, <laughs> I like that like a gauzy haze of sort of sunset and like you know uh, feathers or something um, and then the song itself immediately made me think of sort of like 80s um, it has like this kind of like 80s like yeah. soft pop rock catchiness and and her voice has this kind of has this quality to it that makes you think of a certain different era that's kind of retro but kind of fresh um it's catchy i think that i think the song is about a minute too long um for my personal opinion yeah. um but i can see why it's catching on and it has this kind of like ethereal kind of like you know sort of romantic spoony vibe to it yeah i think that this is this can kind of be grouped in with that that brightly colored like 80s pop vibe that that a lot of songs are are kind of you know pulling from uh, another one that we're gonna talk about speaking of speaking of yeah let's just jump to um a little bit farther down is uh 
Kaiza with Hideaway. We talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, because of the, the David Letterman performance, and it debuted a couple weeks ago. Now it's up to number 70. It, it moves up six spots to number 70 on the Hot 100. Same kind of thing to me. It's just it, it's total 80s and this this total kind of like technicolor throwback vibe um and uh, another one that i think is going to keep rising what do you think well i think it's more precisely a 90s uh track um it's it's channeling like robin s and cc peniston sort of yeah the early yeah. t- the, the early to mid 90s um and as as in a way jeremiah uh uh jeremiah did i just say his name wrong yeah um channels rhythm as a dancer so everything early 90s is coming back because we've heard like disclosure which is channeling you know early 90s house music in a way um kaiza and there's a couple other tracks i think i I mentioned there's some other artists that someone that we both follow on twitter who now works with us um tweeted uh moco is her name she's got a track that that channels early 90s it's really cool you should check it out um but yeah, the early '90s are coming back in Kaiser's Hideaway, and I think the song is going to continue to move up, especially if she keeps making these really cool viral performances, um, like she did on Letterman and uh, Jimmy Kimmel. The Jimmy Kimmel one was really cool, where she yes. she performed the song on Hollywood Boulevard before coming inside to the studio. Yeah, my my family and I call these songs that they're they're kind of honoring um, uh, skating ring songs because. Mm early 90s you had that that's where you always heard these songs like rhythm as a dancer pump up the jam like some people call them jock jam songs like everybody everybody a lot of that like quad city djs is like quintessential skating rink music come on ride that terrain (laughs) so you're gonna lose me here in a second if you keep doing the flashbacks (laughs) (laughs) um so so speaking of uh speaking of that kind of era and honoring that era both visually and musically. Katy Perry, uh, this is how we do. Now, I, I say Katy Perry because on her new Prismatic tour, she has a whole part of that segment uh, um, of that tour where she has like 90s dance moves and it's blasting. I forget what song, but it, it's like a rhythm. Walking on dancer. air? Is it, no, no. Yeah. Well, she it, it segs into Walking on Air, uh-huh. but she, she uses a, a song that isn't her own from the early 90s. Got it to kind of typify that segment. So anyway, uh, Katy Perry, This Is How We Do, which is her latest single from Prism. The fifth uh, one. Jumps, yeah. The fifth one, yes. Yeah. Jumps 88 to 66. Um, and th- this is probably because of the video, right? The video gave it a boost? Yeah, residual video um, boosting. Because the video came out actually two weeks ago, um, I think. Uh, so it's, it's actually airplay from Top 40 radio stations that is really helping the song out. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this song does a birthday unconditionally sort of thing, or is it going to be a dark horse roar sort of thing? Yeah. She's had some weird success with her singles lately. Roar was number one, and then unconditionally went to 14. Dark horse went to number one, and then birthday went to 17. So is this is how you do? Is this if, if we follow the pattern, this should be a number one hit. <laughs> Because she has a number one and then something that misses the top 10. A number one and then it misses the top 10. So this one should be a number one hit, Jason, is what I'm saying. I know. But you know what? It's it's starting kind of slowly for... Well, it, I, I shouldn't say that because it jumped 22 spots this week. always talk about Katy Perry that way. You always say that. You always say that her songs are starting too slow. I Hey, man. I said Unconditionally was starting a little slow. It missed the top 10. Well, then you were right about Unconditionally. And then Birthday did the same thing. So listen, I think this is going to be a top 40 hit. Maybe a top twenty hit. I don't know. Katie, if it's I'm still on your 10. side, so I'm. I oh, still love you. Oh, come on! 
<laughs> hey, I like this is how we do. Um, I wish that Walking on Air had had more of a shine in terms of that should be a, a single. single. That should yeah. really be a single. I mean, this is how we do is great and it's fun, and I I just love those little tiny tennis shorts, ping pong outfits in the video. Just. Thought I'd throw that out there. Um, but Walking on Air is, I think that really should be a single, especially in that whole retro 90s vibe, which is clearly what the song is channeling. But, totally. Yeah. So we'll see about this is how we do it. And one more um, before we get to the Megan Trainer interview. Bobby Schmurda. That is right. Hot Boy up. I think this is the biggest jump of all the songs we're talking about today. Uh, Hot Boy is up. 96 to 72 that is 24 spots on the hot 100 after debuting last week it's a huge jump math baby math 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 yeah. 24 sorry 24 um this is a huge buzz track uh it, bobby schmurda has been bouncing around the internet for about a month or two now um thanks to the shmoney dance meme uh beyonce used it on tour which is great uh that's like the ultimate res- uh Tip of the cap is when Beyonce does your dance yeah. on her stadium tour. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the success of this song is really owed to how this song has become sort of a, a viral meme, and people are using the, the background of the track to soundtrack their own dances. And so everyone's uploading their dances. It's kind of like a mini Bauer Harlem Shake, like a little mini baby yeah. Harlem Shake. So if if this song can get past sort of mini Harlem Shakeness, then it can turn into a real hit. But right now well, it's kind of a viral thing. The easy comparison to make is uh, Trinidad James, uh, his uh, all, all Gold Everything, his his hit that kind of came out of nowhere, gave him a record deal. I think that made it into maybe the top 40 or a little bit outside of it. Um, uh, number 36. It was a top 40 36. hit. 36. Yeah. Hey-oh. So, I mean, but I, that's, a, that's kind of a false comparison because Bobby Shmurda's Hot Boy, which the original name is hot n-word yeah hot something else uh, and uh but that's more this is more of like a i don't want to say traditional rap track uh but it, it you know it, it's beat is is not as kind of out there as as trinidad james it doesn't really have it it has some like catchphrases but not like a pop to molly i'm sweating like trinidad james did the beat is is for Hey, hey man, it's true. Yeah, no, when um, I when I heard this song too, I was just like, this is kind of unremarkable. Um, uh, and I was afraid yeah, I was listening to the wrong track. I'm like, nope, this is the right one. No, it yeah, it, it sort of is. And and I think it's all about like his personality and and the dance. Yeah. And the the beats the beats great. I mean, it's a Jaleel beats uh beat and and I think that's a standout, but yeah, it is kind of surprising how this song has taken off in terms of, you know, the blogosphere and meme culture. Um because yeah, like like you said, it's it's unremarkable in that way. No no offense to the song itself, but it is kind of surprising. But hey, it, it's up twenty four spots this week. So it was, it was. Let me clarify. It was unremarkable in connection to the huge jump that it made this week. Exactly. It made yeah. me think that I was going to be seeing Kaiza like on the street with Jimmy Fallon. It made me think that I was going to be seeing like you know some really like stirring thing that happened in a video but it wasn't and that made me think oh this is this is sort of taking a different viral turn than i thought it's 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 more about sort of everything around it than just sort of the sonic quality of the song itself and uh, and we should obviously mention that it's gotten co-signed by so many different rappers and, yeah. and hip-hop artists um and uh, including drake and uh, you know that's uh that's and beyonce obviously so that's a huge part of it as well so keith um we will keep an eye on all of these songs uh like i said they're all moving up on the hot 100 they might hit the top 20 they might hit the top 10 hey you never know maybe they'll hit number one 
but we will keep an eye on all of them. So another one that we've been tracking over the past couple of weeks, uh, Megan Trainer's All About That Bass is now in the top five. It, uh, belie- I believe it goes number eight to number four this week. Yeah, and only its fifth week on the chart, which is crazy. Unreal. So what's what's cool about you know doing this podcast and, and talking to different artists for it is that the past two weeks we've had you know, rel- relatively veteran artists in Hilary Duff and Jesse J who are in different points of their career and, and talking about like, you know, really capturing a U.S. audience. Now you have this 20-year-old Megan Trainer, who has come from out of nowhere. I mean, a year ago, she was not a signed artist. She has just exploded with this song, which has a really powerful message. And, you know, she's doing her first TV appearances and, and this song has just taken off. So Megan couldn't have been sweeter. She came in to the Billboard office in New York and we chatted about all about the bass and everything about all about that bass. So check it out on the Pop Shop Podcast. Can you take me through the inspiration for this song? Because a lot of people are are talking about the lyrics, obviously, you know, very, very uh, powerful for a pop single. And you wrote it earlier this year, I believe? Yeah, like uh, uh, over a year ago, actually. Oh, over a year ago. Okay. Yeah, because we pitched it for like six months and then L.A. Reid heard it. And he just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Just so, as it was. And it was just a demo. Unbelievable. So what So, what were you thinking about when you were putting this song together? Um, That's crazy. Uh, I, the girl anthem. I thought when he, he had the title and he said, no one has written this yet, so I, I can't compare it to anything. And I immediately was like, booty, bass, thickness, that's it. And then he made the beat. I freestyled the I Ain't No Size 2. And then we said, girl anthem, let's do it for the body, let's do it for the world. And we knew a lot of artists wouldn't be able to cut it for many reasons. So the fact that I could do it is pretty crazy. So how does it feel to kind of be in that role now? It's my face now. It's crazy. Usually I'm writing for other faces, but now it's mine. So I can like say whatever I want and I can <laughs> sing whatever I want. That's so cool. It's so cool. I mean, this song all about that bass is giving a voice to not only musicians but who are underrepresented but people who don't really have a voice a strong voice in pop music that's a lot of responsibility how do you feel about that oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of words there they're calling me like role model and hero and queen it's 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 unreal i don't believe it but um it's awesome that people like it and their reaction to it and they relate to it what 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 kind of response have you got? I'm sure you've been blowing up on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. What what are some of the things that people are are telling you, just fans of this song? Uh, one person tweeted me, "What's it like to make a bunch of people happy?" And I was like, "That's crazy. It's awesome." A lot of girls will tweet me and or Instagram a picture saying how they hated themselves and they were never comfortable, and then they heard my song and started bawling and were just so happy. And I would just comment like, "I love you. You're so sweet." Now, did, now, have you gotten, like, before, you know, all about that bass, like, were you at a at a point where you were uncomfortable with your body? Or yeah, you... I still am, all the time. It's it's a thing. It's, like, or my self-confidence. Like, it's going up a little bit because of the video, but I struggle with this forever, and it's more mental than real. Like, I was never bullied for being a little yeah. bigger, but it was in my brain. Like, I know they're looking at me, and I know, I know they're judging me right now. My mom's like, they don't care. They're not even thinking about you. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? So I just wish there were songs out there that would help me more when I was growing up, you know? And I'm glad this could help. So 
So I want to ask about, we, we just heard some new music from you, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're very excited to share mm-hmm. in the coming months. What's, what's the most interesting part to me is that it's musically, it's, it's musically very, very solid, but it's so funny to me. Like these songs, I mean, yeah. all about the bass is it has like these turns of phrases that are fun, but these songs are really funny and, and incisive in a way that you don't really hear on the radio that much. Have you always been like, kind of like a sassy. jokester? Yeah, sassy is a good um, word. I guess I'm funny. I don't know. My brothers are really funny, so I try to steal their jokes. But this writer, Kevin Kadish, he's very funny, and he, there was no rules when we wrote songs. So when he asked me if you want to say, if we really want to say this, we would look at each other and crack up, and then I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it anyways. Like the other other times as a songwriter, there's rules. Like this artist ain't going to say that. You can't say that. So for our songs, we were just like, who cares? Yeah. And that's what people are reacting to really well the kind of honesty like the yeah yeah i mean it's like what everyone thinks but no one has been able to say it yet so what what are some topics that you want to touch upon with your first batch of music obviously all about that bass touches upon a certain topic but what are some other things you'd like to explore like lyrically yeah i mean my other songs talk about how as a girl if you're seeing dudes what you deserve because i didn't I didn't have good relationships. I had like one or two, but I let the boys like, I thought I was dating them. And then I'd ask them like, are we dating? And they'd be like, oh no, that's Uh. not what I was going for. And I was like, oh, cool. That's, ah. So I tried to talk about that a lot and all my friends seemed to react like, oh my God, that's so me, which is great to hear. And then after that, I got confident and would start saying like, hey, dear future (laughs) husband, this is what you should probably know and stuff like that. But there's another song on the record that is another beauty song anthem, but it's more it's serious. It's not as funny as off of the bass. It's a great one that I think everyone will love. So what what kind of advice would you give other girls, like younger girls who are listening to this music and who want to know more about like avoiding the pitfalls that you happened to stumble into when you were younger? Listen to my songs. Buy <laughs> <laughs> my yourself. album. <laughs> Love yourself more, man. I looked at myself one day. I was crying, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, you're so, you're way cooler than this, Megan. Like, you should not be feeling like this. And I, and I wish I knew that at 13. And I, it took a minute, and I figured it out, and I wrote about it. But I'm still sorry. Everyone struggles every day. Even beautiful people are like, eh, my, my shoulders are too wide. Or, like, even my brother, they'll, they'll pick on themselves all the time. And I'm like, you guys are great. What are you doing? How many but how many brothers do you have? I got two. Oh. And we're all like year apart. We're close. I'm oh, in the cool. middle. That's awesome. So thanks again to Megan Trainer for stopping by to talk all about that base. And hey, who knows, man? This might be number one in the next week or two. At the rate it's going, it very well could be. Unbelievable. So Keith, we got to wrap up. We're we're running a little long this week. That's okay. It's uh, but darn you know it. what? It's time. Hey, no, darn it. It's that's a great thing. Uh, it's more time to hang out with you. Uh, it's also time for your charts out of the week. Hey, so the chart stat of the week is about something that happened this week, forty nine years ago. This 49 week, years ago. Yes, uh, 49 years ago. Many, many, many moons away. Um, Sunny and Cher's I Got You, Babe hit number one on the Hot 100 on August 14th, 1965. There's a great interesting story behind how Sunny and Cher 
got together and actually how they've actually were on big hit records before they became big themselves with I Got You, Babe. Um, Sonny met Cher in the early 60s when he was working for record producer Phil Spector. And then uh, eventually, uh, Sonny and Cher found themselves doing background vocals for songs like The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Love and Feeling, which was a number one hit, and uh, The Ronettes' Be My Baby. So they were actually on songs before they became their own sort of recording artists in their own right. Of course, the stories of Sonny and Cher and Cher herself have been told, you know, repeatedly and well over the years. But I just thought I would recognize that 49 years ago this week, Sonny and Cher hit number one. It was their only number one single. Uh, They had top 10 hits after that. And of course, Cher went on to a super spectacular solo career of her own. And if you happen to catch Cher on her current tour, the Dress to Kill tour, you will see Sonny, sort of a virtual Sonny, appear on stage with Cher, and the two of them sing I Got You, Babe, together on stage. So he may be gone uh, because he passed away a number of years ago, but he still lives on through the music and on stage with Cher. Very cool. Keith, that was, uh, I, I didn't know that about the, the current tour. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Keith, thank you for your Char Sat of the Week. You're welcome. All right, that's going to do it for the Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks again to Megan Trainer for stopping by. And uh, Keith, we got some cool stuff coming up. We were just talking about uh, before the show. We have the VMAs coming up. You're going to be there. Oh, and yeah. we'll have a, a post-VMAs show. I think that'll be in a week and a half. And then, the, hey, fourth quarter is is kind of right around the bend. So we'll have some some big releases coming up. Uh, Keith, do you have any parting words? I do not. So we're going to end with a Robin Williams classic from Aladdin. Uh, you ain't never had a friend like me. Thanks for listening. RIP to Robin Williams and take care. No, no. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.